Good morning, Delaware. I love hearing Fred's voice. I know. It just makes me so happy. I am your host this morning, Nicole Files, with my co-host, Molly Myers Labadee. Yes. I was like, are we co-hosts? Are we, we equal are, hosts? We're, what do you want to be? You my assistant. <laughs> I am 100% happy to be someone's assistant. <laughs> that would be fun. Absolutely. We have Gage Tellas on the board today trying to get us up on that Facebook. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> they're, they're, they always say there could be more than one than me. Yeah. <laughs> We are like totally in fall mode here. I have yes. all of my fall colors on with my with my leggings and my reds, and you have Halloween. A big old pumpkin shirt on. Big pumpkin shirt. Your and Frankenstein I've got my, earrings. My 1996 Doc <laughs> Martens from college. That's awesome. It's just me and Molly today, so lucky you. Um, we are <laughs> we are going to be talking about. This is uh, going to get off the rails real fast. Real fast. I know we've got that fun manic Friday energy. We really do. <laughs> I need uh, more coffee though. I have I have some, but I won't oh. share because I'm I'm still getting <laughs> yeah, over my junk. My junk is still my junk is still like eh, I'm like ninety two percent. Yeah, getting there. you're getting there. That upper respiratory stuff. If you get it, God no bless joke. you because it it stays with you like a month. It's not fun. Um, so second half of the show today, we're going to be talking about, we met Nick Offerman on Tuesday. We met Nick Offerman! Oh my and, gosh. And we met little Sebastian. <laughs> little Sebastian. the highlight of my life. <laughs> we have to give big credit to our friends and pseudo-frenemies, uh, Westerville, Westerville Public Library. I can't even yeah. call them frenemies. I just adore them. <laughs> they really did an amazing job. They really job. are amazing. <laughs> you know, the fun thing people don't realize about libraries, like they'll come in and they'll be like, I went to Westerville or I went to Worthington and like they'll, <laughs> right. they'll say it with like shame and I'm like, you got books. Yeah, I'm we don't thrilled. care. We love it when you're using the other libraries. Lifelong learning. It's all mm-hmm. wonderful. We all share. It's great. Ohio's the best. It is the best. <laughs> it is the best. So second half of the show, stay tuned. We're going to be talking a lot about Nick Offerman. Uh, mm-hmm. First half of the show, we'll do kind of a, some of our normal spiel and uh, talk about some of the things we're reading, watching, listening to. Um, so Molly, do you, or even crazy place we visited. What do you have for us today? Today, I'm actually going to talk about a book that supports kind of one of the programs that we have coming up this week. Yeah. Uh, I read a book called Being Mortal by Atul uh, Gawande. And by read, I mean listen, because that's what I do. Yeah. And Atul is actually, he grew up in Athens, Ohio. So immediately I was kind of pulled in because I could kind of relate, you know, he grew up in Appalachia. So that's a, that's always a draw for me. But this book is called Being Mortal, Medicine and What Matters in the End. And it's about the choices we don't always realize we have Mm -hmm. at the end of our lives. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a heavy book, but it was freeing to me in a sense. Some of you may know about two years ago, I lost my father to ALS, which is a monster of a disease. Mm -hmm. And I found myself reading this book thinking how I could have talked to the doctors differently and how in the future I think I'm going to approach talking to doctors when they're when you're looking at the end of your life. So with my, you know, hopefully, well, my mother's going to outlive us all. Right. She's healthier than anyone in the world. Yes. Um, and, and pretty amazing. But when we hit those points in our lives, what can we do? And asking questions about how you want to live. Mm-hmm versus what we need to do to extend that two or three months. Two or three months being miserable versus two or three months where you're in control of your decisions. And And we're all different and comfortable. Yeah, because you you do lose a bit of control, but you you can keep 
comfort. And some people are, their comfort is just the people around them. They can handle pain. They can handle, and some people, they're happy if I can watch TV Mm -hmm. and drink a beer. (laughs) If I can do that to the end of my life. And, you know, I started thinking about what are those things that I would be happy with. And honestly, for me, it's, can my nieces and nephews come and entertain me some? (laughs) Can I, you know, enjoy a nice cold beer? Yeah. And, you know, just be with those. Can I occasionally go outside? Mm -hmm. I think for me, being inside all the time, I'm definitely an outside kind of person. But he did such a great job talking about how we have options, but we need to learn what the questions are we need to ask to have our options. I was just having a conversation with one of our coworkers recently, um, and she has a friend who's going through some medical issues. And I was saying that, um, yes, it's difficult for the person going through the issues, of course. Mm -hmm. It's also very difficult for the caregiver because you are an advocate. You are the advocate, and you are that person's 24-7 uh, you know, health nurse, basically, mm-hmm. and an advocate nurse. And um, when my husband went through some health issues, I I lived with him at the Cleveland yes. Clinic for, you know, five days because I had to be the one who made sure that the nursing team mm-hmm. was keeping his care consistent because yeah. they have to change shifts because they have lives too. Yes. <laughs> but I don't change shifts. I stay the shift. And you we're know? all different yeah. in what we want to do. Some of us want to be that caregiver, right? right? That's something that I feel like is kind of natural for me. Um, in college, my friends would kind of call me mom. Molly would slip into mom very, very easily because if you got sick, I'd show up with your tea yeah. and, you know, your crackers and make sure you had your blankets on. And, you know, so it's about sort of what we can handle, too, as caregivers. Yeah. You know, at the end, my mom was getting really tired. And what could we do to help her? It, it's just a great book. You know, I don't know if I could have read it right there at the end with dad. Right. I think it's really healthy to read it at a time here. I'm two years out of this experience. And um, I think it has really, this was the time for me, either way before or after. I don't know if I would suggest this unless you're you're really looking for answers. This is Atul Gawande. Mm -hmm. And what's it called again? Being Mortal. Being Mortal. Medicine and what matters in the end. And the reason I really wanted to talk about it, too, I'm going to jump just a little bit ahead to talk about a program coming up. You may. We have a program <laughs> called uh, from our end of life series, mm-hmm. After Death, Natural Alternatives at the Orange Branch, um, coming up 630 to 7 on, and now I think I've lost my page on the date. November. I'm super good at this. November. <laughs> November 2nd. Wednesday, Thank November you. 2nd. You're awesome. Yeah. <laughs> this is why I am not allowed to be here alone. <laughs> um but it's going to be our end-of-life doula, Jackie Mann, discussing mm-hmm. burial options mm-hmm. in this end-of-life series, which leads to another book I love, which is Stiff, yeah, that's which best. we can talk about another time. Mary Roach, oh my hero. gosh, it's amazing. Yeah. I still want to be on a body farm. <laughs> well, I think this is a great uh, a great topic. It is dark, but yes. I've always kind of been into it. Ask my parents. It's dark, but I have to say I felt light mm-hmm. when I was done with it. Like mm-hmm. There are more options than I thought about. You know, So the yeah. first half of the book felt a little dark because he was talking about situations the second half I think it's how we look at it for Mm -hmm. me it was it was uplifting well I'm going to turn it to a short story that I listened to this week Um, the short story is by none other than Gillian Flynn oh I love Gillian Flynn wrote what's the most popular one uh, she did. It was the most messed <laughs> oh, up book I've girl. ever read. Gone, Gone girl. girl. Yeah, I was like, why is it escaping I didn't me now? know anything about it yeah. when I read it. Right. <laughs> like, I went in blind. Yeah. that's the best way to yes. go into that book. 
So Gillian Flynn, it's a short story. It's called The Grown Up. Um, it's only an hour long uh, listen, and it's read by the incredible Julia Whalen. Um, and if you uh, go on Libby, you can get it today. It's Lots of things are accessible. Um, it's kind of a horror story. <gasps> I love um, it. It's R-rated, so I'll preface it with that. Um, there's a woman who... Uh, the book focuses on, or the story focuses on, who basically um, works in some mature situations, and then she um, transitions to being a uh, person who reads auras, and um, she's, maybe she's a little bit intuitive, but maybe she's also a lot of bit of a con artist, Um, and she talks about how, like, she's always been about the con. Her mom, um, really raised her kind of as a con artist. She's now on her own kind of doing the con too. Um, she gets a client who she, um, is like in it for the long con with Uh and she's like, oh, you know, your aura is really dark. I can really tell that things are happening at home. I probably should come to your house and do some home cleansings. And when she gets to the house, there are some super creepy things happening there, um, you know, the mom is basically saying, like, that the house, there's, like, red dripping down the walls. Ooh. There's um, my my oldest son. He's my stepson, and he's he's very disturbed, and I just don't know what's wrong with him. And maybe he's been possessed by the Possession. house. Yes. And, um, you know, and she says, and I just, I don't, I don't trust this house. And I just, everything's been wrong since we got here. Um, and as you get into this short story towards the end, you start to wonder maybe who's conning who. Ooh. <laughs> and did, wait, I need to go back to the fact. Did you say this is an hour book? Yeah. So everybody who is like me and you're staring down your Goodreads. Yes. I went with that, like, read 100 books. Yes. Why do I do this to myself? So an hour yes. long. Let's all take note. What's the name of this it's again? It's called The Grown Up. Mm-hmm. It's by Gillian Flynn. It is a short story, and you can check it out on its own. It's not part of a larger compendium or anything like that. Um, and so you can check it out. I got it on Libby oh. um, through the Ohio Digital Library yes. with my library card. Um, and, yeah, and I, I basically I was meeting a friend for dinner in Easton last night, and so I listened to half of it on the way there and half of it on the way back, and oh, now I'm done. That's such a satisfying feeling, Very too. satisfying, yeah. But like I said, it is R-rated, so don't listen to it with the kids. That's good to know. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. So we will take a break. And And uh, when we come back on the second half of the show, stay tuned. We're going to be talking about the one, the only, Ron Swanson, Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman. Thank you, Gage. Mm -hmm. And thank you to our friends. They are always really, really wonderful friends. friends. Yeah, they... Gosh, they, they do so much for I us. I've always said I want to be Karen Cowan when I grow up because her energy is just like unbelievable. The, it's unparalleled. The things she gets done in this community, <laughs> not just for the library. No. I mean, she's <laughs> highly involved in the historical society. And... All over the place. And then her own kids, her kids oh, yes. and grandkids' lives. Wonderful things. Well, we're not here to talk about Karen Cowan, although we do love you. And we absolutely could. We could. <laughs> we are here to talk about something that Molly and I both went to so on exciting. Tuesday night, sponsored by the Westerville Public Library. We, uh, got to hear a lecture kind of conversation conversation from uh, Nick Offerman it was amazing if you're wondering why you know the name Nick Offerman it's because he was portraying the uh, infamous Ron Ron Swanson Swanson. um, on the Parks and Recreation TV show that was airing on NBC which is my second favorite show of all time it's really wonderful Um, you can currently stream all of the seasons of that on Peacock um, and you can also just come to the library and request the seasons through the library. Leslie Nope is my spirit animal. Yeah. 
She's mm-hmm. she's amazing. Um, Ron Swanson is amazing. And so we learned a lot of things about him on Tuesday night. Okay. I think he and I are new best friends. He <laughs> right. just doesn't know. Like, I've never met someone I want to sit around a campfire yeah. drinking a beer and just talking with. Yeah. As- he- He's very in touch with nature. So let's yes. let's preface it by he was in town because he is a published author. Mm-hmm. And the book that he was there promoting was um, called Where the Deer and the Antelope Play. The pastoral, oh gosh, my print is too small and I can't read it. The the pastoral reserva- reservations of the observations. Ignor- observations of the ignorant American who loves to walk outside. Did I get it right? You were close. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> It is the pastoral observations of one ignorant American who loves to walk outside. <laughs> there we go. I'm like, my print is too small. <laughs> how did you get such small print on I that? I don't know. <laughs> you gave me a huge printed sheet. I did. I'm sorry. I know. If you guys don't know, she takes care of me and makes sure I have the material <laughs> I need to sound intelligent in the morning. Yes. <laughs> but so he he had a he had a conversation on stage with Matt Barnes, um, and he and he talked about the book a lot, and he yes. kind of said that the book was divided into three parts. Yes. Um, and he describes the first. What was the first part? He describes it as kind of, I think it's almost like a love story to like America's national parks. It was, yes. And a a hike he went with some friends. Yes. There were three of them that went on a hike. Three amigo buddies. And the second part of the book, then he goes overseas. To a shepherd. Yes. And and he becomes, yeah, he becomes a a farmer, a sheep farmer. Yes. And (laughs) even helps give birth to a little lamb. Yes. That's so awesome. And... (laughs) Then the third part of the book, he said he's he's behind deadline uh, and he's trying to figure out how he's going to finish <laughs> up the story. And he basically comes up with the idea that, uh, well, COVID hits. COVID hits. And he and his wife, um, the Megan great Mullally. Megan Mullally, um, they decide that they are going to purchase an Airstream and so awesome. drive cross country to his roots, which are in Illinois, and her roots, which I think were Wisconsin. I think so. I think they're said? both... Yeah, and so both kind of Midwest. Yeah, and um, and so they decide that they want to spend the holidays with their family. They want to do it in a safely way, in a safe way, and so they they drive their airstream across. Like the a country. life dream of mine. Yeah, <laughs> like I really think they should be my new best friends. I'm not kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is true. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting. One of the things that he talked about was he realizes his own conflict. Yes. In his life as a person of Hollywood, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, the things that are required of that. For example, he said that that week alone, he had a day in New Jersey. Then mm-hmm. he flew to Columbus. Then he was flying to Arizona. That's a lot of carbon yeah. admissions. And he emissions. really believes in trying to take care of the earth. Right. And there is that point that's, that was humbling. And I appreciate it because, you know, it's the same feeling I think a lot of us have. Right. I'm trying to do the right things, but yeah, I have to drive... 30 minutes to work. Right. And he was saying that basically he was like, I try to do what I can. I try to know where my food comes from. Mm-hmm. I try to make sure that I am purchasing food that I know like yes. that it, it is going to be sustainable for our environment. Uses a, you know, his own water bottle instead mm-hmm. of using, you know, plastic once one use plastics, mm-hmm. you know, right. and but then he hops into his Airstream that gets eight miles a gallon. Yes. <laughs> thought that was very fun. But it is. It, it was very it was very reality like it was. Based, his his admissions. You know, he's one of those who hasn't gotten caught up in his own Hollywood right. hype. Mm-hmm. You know, he still loves to make furniture with his own hands. Yes, yes. And I loved he also talked about his wood but shop. But I couldn't have afforded that wood shop without the life that Megan and I have had. Right. You know, and so I try to treat the people that I hire to work in the wood shop with me equitably and make sure that they're being paid fairly and yes. treated well and right. 
given the things. And so, you know, he talks about sort of that responsibility that comes with. And he's trying. This. Yeah. He's trying, but he's not perfect. Right. Which we all need to hear. Well, I think that the other thing that was really refreshing is um, if you don't know his relationship, he and his wife, Megan Mullally, have been married for 22 years. Yes. And um, they Megan is famous from Will and Grace. Yes. Um, and many other things. She has a gorgeous voice. And hilarious um, person, is too. The funniest person. Um, they met, he said, when he was pre Parks and Rec fame mm-hmm. and she was in the middle of Will and Grace fame. Um, he was in an improv. I actually have read a couple of his books. I've read the book, The Greatest Love Story Ever Told, yes. which is their love story. Yes, yes. Um, while making the puzzle of the book cover, which my husband bought because they do puzzles together. <laughs> but he was in an improv group and, you know, it, to him, it was just so weird she was interested. Right. And I love that story. Well, I think the the refreshing thing is, is that he basically said, like, I don't joke about mm-hmm. my wife. He was like, so many times you have stand-up comedians. I kept staring at Lloyd when he said that. <laughs> He's and like, he just stared back at me you know, and I was like, well, I'm not very good either. <laughs> you, you you have you have stand-up comedians who who put their 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 partners, who put their significant others into mm-hmm. their acts and and disparage them, yeah. you know, night after night on stage. And Yeah, he, you want to spend your whole life with this person. Yeah. Like they're your every day. He's like, I don't do that. My my mm-hmm. queen is the person who like he's like, I am happy to like have dinner ready for her every yes. night. And And he's so careful when he's talking about her foibles. Like clearly yeah. he's gotten permission mission to talk about this thing she did that right. was maybe a little wacky or crazy and it was really refreshing. So the greatest love story ever told. After after he did his um after he did his his speaking engagement, there were a group of us who had books um yes. that we could go in the signing line and we could get signed and I had I had basically two questions, one question, one statement that I wanted to say to him. Uh, one was that he's in a new series um, that is on Peacock called The Resort, mm-hmm. and it is a wild ride. I have not watched it yet. I've heard it's fantastic. It's absolutely amazing. Um, so I, I wanted to tell him, like, hey, I've seen this one. I know that it's kind of, like, buried in, like, Peacock, which is, like, a paid-only subscription that yeah. not many people are on. But I was like, it was awesome. And so I wanted to tell him that. But the other thing I wanted to ask him was the greatest love story I ever told I listened to as an audiobook. Yep, and see. I wanted to read my my description from when I finished reading it in 2019. I said, when I first started listening to this, I thought, how in the world is this a physical book? Yeah. Megan and Nick were talking over each other, interjecting seamlessly, laugh, laughing, chuckling even. It felt so natural and just like I was listening to their very own Marriage and Romance podcast. I loved their stories, their banter, and seeing how their life inspired their art. Listen to this book. It's the only yes. way. And so, I mean, his chuckle. His chuckle his is chuckle. endearing. <laughs> so I asked Nick. I said, uh, I listened to The Greatest Love Story Ever Told, and I got to know, did you did you speak that recording first Mm -hmm. and then transcribe it into the book. And he said they actually um, spoke and recorded conversations. Those conversations were transcribed into the book and cleaned up a little bit. And then they reread the book in order to create the audio book. So with the the cleaner cut. Um, It makes such a lovely read. It was wonderful. And then I told him that I happened to be an Audis judge Mm -hmm. that year um, that it was submitted into the- I think you need to tell people what the Audis are. The Audis are a um, basically the the Emmy Awards of audiobook um, readers and mm-hmm. production and direction and all this. So there's there's best female vocal uh, best female reader. There's best male reader. There's best comedy book. Um, so all of these different topics. Yes. So I told him I was a judge the year that it was submitted in the humor category, and he goes, "Oh, that's great. Do you mind me asking which one won?" And I was like, <laughs> "Yours, <laughs> Nick." <laughs> 
And he was like, really? And I was like, congratulations, you did it. <laughs> 2019. <laughs> so it was very, very funny. Um, yeah. My experience talking to him, of course, I, I walked up with my yarn because... When I have to wait, I always have my my knitting bag with me. So I was working on a little thing, and he's like, I love knitters. Megan's working on a scarf. And in my head, I'm like, I'm like, Megan Mullally, we both knit. We're best friends, yeah. We're best friends now. <laughs> and then I told him, if I wasn't here, I probably would be in Bemis. This is normally a week that I do go to West Virginia. Yeah. And uh, he and I then just talked about the beauty and the the nature. And, the, and I have to say, I think I really connected to him as much as I love the best love story. Yeah. I was an outpost camp counselor. I lived in a platform tent with kids all summer long for two years of my life. And if it paid enough to survive the winter, I probably would still be doing it. I have never loved a job as much as, and I love my library job. Please nobody read that one wrong because this is the next best thing to living, teaching kids every week how to build their own campfire and make their own food. Getting comfortable with, I'm not scared of snakes and spiders. Now, mice, they are evil. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a whole nother level there. But, you know, being able to appreciate sort of how things get done and slow down mm-hmm. to figure out how you survive. Mm-hmm. We've gotten so fast. And there are days that I just wake up missing hearing the sounds of nature first thing in the morning. And yeah. Now, as it gets cold, I'm I'm more and more comfortable being I'm very happy with sitting, inside my house. <laughs> you know, person, yes. Well, I'm sure that you and I will come back here in mm-hmm. several weeks or maybe months, um, and we will have yes. finished um, his one that he was promoting where the deer and the antelope Absolutely. play. Absolutely. Um, and we can talk about that later. But I don't want to give us um, out of time before we talk about a couple of our upcoming events. So um, tomorrow, Saturday, October 29th, at the Ostrander Branch Library is our El Dia de los Muertos celebration um, it is 2 to 3 30 at the Ostrander Branch Library um, bring the whole family you will really really enjoy it that's going to be a lot of fun um, and we, if you were here last week you would have heard us talking about it with Lori with yes Lori. you can listen to that on the podcast if you want to hear more about that coming up on November 3rd too we have the understanding Alzheimer's and dementia program mm-hmm. 11 to 12 at our Delaware main branch this is just a great program for people who want to know more I feel like this is so prevalent prevail Prevalent. 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 I got the word. Woo. Yay. Um, In our world that, you know, what a great program to sort of have some experts come in um, from the Alzheimer's Association and discuss that. They're going to talk about the impact of Alzheimer's, the differences between Alzheimer's and dementia, the stages and risk factors in current research treatments and resources. And if you subscribe to our Mature Reader newsletter, which is our newsletter exclusively for people ages 55 and older, um, you will be getting your um, your issue of that coming up either today or tomorrow, I want to say. Um, and we'll be talking all about some of these upcoming programs. Absolutely. So. And I have to end us with happy Frankenstein Friday, everybody. Oh, it is perfect. National Frankenstein Friday, and I am wearing my Frankenstein ear. Perfect. I don't think you can see that far on the... I hope you have a wonderful Halloween on Monday. We will catch you again next Friday. Thank you, Molly, for being my co-host. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you, Gage. My pleasure. And thank you to the friends. We will see you in the stacks.